You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I'm your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. In today's show, we are focusing on how to build self-confidence, because self-confidence is key to a happy and a fulfilling life. Those who are self-confident face the world with less fear, with less anxiety. They're inclined to make better decisions and are more open to new challenges and experiences. And people that have a good level of self-confidence tend to be more resilient. Our guest today is Alexandra Dojceva, and she was born and raised in a musician's family in Bulgaria, Alexandra came to the United States in 2000 after earning a bachelor's degree in music from the National Academy of Music in Sofia. She earned a Doctor of Musical Arts in Violin Performance from Louisiana State University in 2007 and decided to pursue a career in nursing in 2008. Alexandra has been practicing as a registered nurse since 2011 with a strong passion for educating patients on acquiring optimal health. She also has interests in martial arts, fitness, finance, and investing. Her mission is to help people overcome self-imposed limitations that prevent many from realizing their goals, finding peace of mind, and acquiring prosperity. By sharing her own journey to achieving control over the most important aspects of life, Alexandra's goal is to inspire others to turn away from various forms of fear and self-doubt and to go after their dreams instead of leading lives subdued to conventional ways of thinking that have long been proven outdated, inadequate, and damaging to a person's self-esteem and self-confidence. Lots coming at you in this show. We talk about what holistic self-confidence is, what the key areas are to address when you're trying to improve your self-confidence, and what is the ultimate purpose of having high self-confidence. Please stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk with Alexandra Docheva. to lose I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to Lord with your strength I've got no excuse Cause broken people are exactly who you use So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den 
here my king So I'm gonna trust you and give you everything Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. We'd love to have you follow us on our social media sites, get tips, get information on upcoming shows and guests. We are at The Health Hub RMC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Kathy. It's a pleasure. You have such a diverse background, and I think that has to be the place that we start here. Um, I don't know how far back you want to go. I know that you had, I think, a 26-year career as a violinist. Is that where you want to start from? Well, we can start. It was actually by the time I finished nursing school, it was a 29-year career. But yes, wow. uh, at the 26, I decided to completely change my life. And uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much how I became a nurse uh, after 26 of being a musician professionally. What made you change? I mean, so, I mean, I have no concept of the amount of time and practice uh, that goes into becoming a professional violinist. What made you change your course? Well, the change in the market, Kathy, uh, between 2006 and 2008, when orchestras in the U.S. started bankrupting, and I had to face the fact that I wasn't competitive enough to continue um auditioning against 40 to 500 violinists for a single spot in an orchestra as the orchestras were diminishing in quantity in this country because there is no government support for orchestras like there is in Europe. And realizing that having been a musician for 26 years, great as it was as far as work ethic, discipline, and uh, you know all that stuff, and music itself, of course, 
I had limited myself from the rest of the world. I lacked scientific knowledge. I lacked any understanding about the real world pretty much because when you're an artist, you live in your own world. Mm-hmm. It's a defense mechanism. It's also something you're proud of uh, until you realize that it's not so much to be proud of because you really don't know what's going on uh, outside of music and the music world. So it was tough. It was tough in 2008. And uh, I said, if I don't do this now, I'll regret a lot 30 years from now. So I jumped in uh, science and medicine and uh, the rest is history. (laughs) Well, you know, you're honing your craft, right? I mean, I don't think it's like for me, it's it, from the outside looking in, I, I, it's just such an accomplishment to be a professional violinist. Do you still play? No, I haven't really? touched in 12 years, actually. I listen to music every day. Well, you either practice or you don't, uh, Kathy. I used mm. to play seven to nine hours a day. I tell this to a lot of people because if you have done a career like that, you don't then satisfy yourself with just you know playing here and there for an hour. It doesn't work that uh. way you lose the shape and um, everybody else knows that you have lost the shape when you hear you play. It's a very demanding uh, craft and skill. And when you don't maintain it, you have to be honest that you can just survive on an hour a day practicing. And plus after 29 years, I thought it was okay to distance myself. Mm-hmm. Not everybody feels like this, that have changed careers from music to something else, but I felt it was fine because I really wanted to learn so many other things. And you know that after I became a nurse. I then also became a real estate investor. Now I have three real estate businesses and now the coaching uh, business with the holistic coaching. So there is a lot to learn in a lifetime. And when you have dedicated nearly 30 years to one skill, it's okay to change, I think. And no regrets? No, not whatsoever. The You know, your book, the it, it really is simple, a holistic approach to self-confidence. Um, you know, someone who's been a professional violinist, someone who's had such success in their career, it's, it's an odd area for me to look at and say, well, would, would you lack self-confidence to have to have gone to this point to write this book? Or are you, are you observationally looking? Where did the idea from the book come from? It came because of questions from investment mentees and patients. Uh, see, I'm, I'm one of those nurses who really are adamant about being a 100% example to their patients and loved ones. So I cannot stand being sicker than my patients. I'm 100% healthy, extremely responsible with my health, knowing what the healthcare system does to patients once they get into it. And so when they ask me, you're approaching 50, how are you so amazingly physically fit? And how do you find the time? How do you do this vegan organic diet? And then the investment mentees, how do you find the time to invest? And I, I tell them, look, uh, you have to be a very strong person to do that. And I told them, no, when I was a violinist for 20 years, I had this self-inflicted, horrible lack of self-confidence, stage fright mm. and everything. And that's what was the other thing that uh, made me switch careers. Because when you make such a drastic change in your life, it pumps you up. The desperation itself elevates you. And then you forget about all these other uh, bad histories with your um mindset personal mindset about your confidence and self-esteem so the book came because people were really curious how they could do something similar because i'm very um cautious with my health with my finances as a successful investor i just know that you have to be in control of the five basic areas of your life to be really confident and in control of your life and you be your own expert um so to speak 
it's nice to rely on other people for advice, but at some point you have to take the responsibility and be completely responsible for your health, your finances, your career, your spiritual well-being and your relationships, your choices of people you surround yourself with. And it's all so connected that once I saw that, that's what gave me the idea of the book, because it is a system that I apply in every aspect of my life. So I said, why don't I tell people about that and help them in that way? Was this self-learned or did you have a mentor? Um, some of it was self-learned from experience, but as far as investing, I definitely had a mentor. Yes. Because it's, it's interesting. Um, it, it, it almost, see, I don't know if you step back and look at it from this point of view, but for a person who lacks self-confidence to really face that head on and turn things around, where did you find the energy, the strength, the ambition to do that? Because when I was 32 and went through my early midlife crisis, realizing that I had earned a bachelor's, master's, and doctoral in violin and had nothing to show for it, as far as competitive skills, I I got sick of my own BS. Um, and I got so angry at myself. And I got very scared of poverty, Kathy. That was mm. a subconscious thing, which I realized I can't continue like this anymore because I need to become extremely self-reliant. Then I read some inspirational books, of course, by very successful people, much more successful than me. I learned about their struggles and I said, oh, it's not just you struggling. Look at that. Imagine that, right? So that elevated me and motivated me. And then I went through the A through Z of the scientific books, the A&P, Anatomy, Physiology, all the books I read twice before the classes even started because I had no vocabulary in science, let alone in English, because I am Bulgarian. <laughs> you hear my accent. I can't get rid of it to save my life. But, uh, it just took a lot of focus and determination. And the books really helped because the learning experience woke up my brain in a very different way. Uh, the math, the chemistry, the biology, microbiology, everything I had missed during my life as a musician, because when I did my school from first through the 12th grade in Bulgaria, it was a specialized music school. So 95% of the classes I took for 12 years were only music related, which is why I couldn't apply any of them as extra credit when I started the college and the nerd, the community college for the prerequisite nursing classes. The administration looked at these things. We can't use any of that. I said, I know you can't. So we're starting from zero and I'm 32, right? So uh, it was scary, but also very curious. And that was the motivation. So you crave knowledge. And I guess you crave knowledge, you get the knowledge. It's it's impetus and motivation to push you forward. Exactly, exactly, yes. What do you feel is the issue for, let's go a little bit broader here when you're working with people. What happens in life if you lack self-confidence? What is the negative impact of that? Well, you can neglect everything. You can neglect your health, you can neglect your finances, uh, your relationships, because you make these poor choices. Uh, you rely on other people's opinions, and they can be well-intentioned, yet incompetent, ignorant, or they you can be socially desperate and rely on the opinions, even if they're not necessarily in your best interest by intention of these people. So you don't trust your ability to make independent decisions. And then you find excuses for not, um, the excuses are a big part because most people, many people, and not most people, but many people in my experience don't really understand the difference between an argument and an excuse. Mm. 
And when they tell you reasons why they can't better their health, why they can better their financial spending habits to create cash flowing assets that are unrelated to a, an employer. So they don't have to depend on a job their entire lives and resent their jobs that way. They give you these excuses, which they think they're good arguments. Here is an airplane flying. I'm sorry about that. Like I said, we're close to <laughs> an air force base. But, um, so the impact of lacking self-confidence is you can't hold yourself accountable for things that you absolutely should hold yourself accountable for your success and prosperity and overall well-being. Are you setting yourself up to be a victim? Oh, yes, absolutely. That was me for 20 years. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I'm all familiar with this mindset. It's a horrible mindset. And there were people who were really seeing it and telling me about it. And I was so resentful for the longest time uh, until I hit rock bottom and I realized they were right and I was wrong. So yeah, victim mentality. So, you know, there are a lot of people who are very, or they, they appear, I mean, it, it, self-confidence can be an appearance and then inwardly you feel that you're lacking it. You know, um, you can look at someone and, and say, you know, they have, they have it all together. They, but you know, it, between four walls, this person is desperately lacking self-confidence. It's not about wealth. It's not about knowledge only because there are a lot of people that are just confident in who they are. Now, have these people set themselves up in a very particular manner or self-confidence also maybe a little bit embedded in our genetics? That I don't know. Um, because everybody is different. Everybody mm -hmm. has a different experience. So I don't have the answer to that. I can only speak from my own perspective that uh, I had one parent who was very unconfident and I had another parent who was not terribly confident, but extremely ambitious and working through to gain the knowledge and become confident in what they lack knowledge and because they gain the knowledge. I believe knowledge is a very important part. And I also believe the, in the ability of um, once you learn something to be able to question what you learned. And that's how you develop critical thinking because otherwise you become a victim of somebody's agenda narrative, no matter how much you learn. So you need to be very much in touch with your own reality. And uh, if you have confidence without knowledge, I think that's false confidence and that's near arrogance. And we see a lot of such people too, but your confidence has to be based on some measurable results, at least in my experience, mm -hmm. whether so it, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead. Experience is the foundation of lack of self-confidence. And on the other side of the coin, self-confidence. You have a negative experience followed by another negative, followed by another negative. Now the narrative that you're continually doing something that's not appropriate or you're not doing something that's putting you in a positive path, but that sets the stage for a lack of self-confidence. Well, it, it all depends what to do with your experience, mm. right? So how you apply your experience and what is your plan for the next five to 10 years, your perspective on your life and what you want to do with yourself to make yourself a better version of yourself all the time. So are, you know, when you set somebody up and you're starting off at ground zero working with um, clients, um, I'm assuming you're working with clients. It's not a patient-based uh, practice. Right. Okay. Um, what are your first questions when you're, you, you know, your intake form, what does that look like when you're dealing with someone who wants to build confidence? What are you asking them at the get-go? 
First of all, I want to know why they are here. What do they want to accomplish? What is the, uh, and usually they cite one problem. It's either their health or their, or their money. The relationship is the, the third thing. But then I ask everything with the five life aspects. Because if they have noticed a problem, say, in their financial area, I know that everything else has been even more neglected than their finances. And 99% of the time, I'm right about that. Because I start digging deeper in a very uh, polite and, of course, um, careful way. And as they open up more and more, we do really find out that everything needs work. Their health needs work because if their finances are in poor condition, then they have neglected their health, of course. And um, who are you listening to about your finances? How do you make your decisions about what to buy, what not to buy uh, in your life? Are you buying valuable stuff or not valuable stuff? So you really need to find the elephant in the room that they have been neglecting forever. And they usually will present a problem that is secondary or tertiary in importance because they have their own little defense mechanism until they start trusting you and see that you're genuinely concerned about their well-being and you really want to understand what's at the bottom. And my job is to get them to find by themselves the actual problem, the biggest problem, which they've been avoiding forever. So that's where we have to start because once you find the biggest issue, everything else is easier. So do you have to go back and undo certain thoughts, patterns, um, movements, things like that before you can move forward? Or are you starting at the moment in time and and just pressing on? We have to undo things because the principle in my uh, coaching method is that you need to find what's in your, in your way and you have to clear it up to start on a clear uh, ground. And um, just like if... I am addressing your health. You have several chronic conditions with potential for multiple organ damage. Okay, so what are you eating? What's in your pantry? What's in your fridge? And it's funny, Kathy, because when I was um, writing the book and when I finally presented it to a professional editor after I edited myself 20 times, the editor kept removing the pantry and only left the fridge. So I finally called and said, listen, you leave the pantry in because there is more food in the pantry that is real crap that people keep there than in their fridges because the pantry is bigger than the fridge. Mm -hmm. So we find all these items that they really need to throw away because they're causing more disease than promoting health. It's the exact same with your finances and relationships. Who are the people who are in the way of your success? And what are your financial spending habits that are preventing you from building wealth by keeping you in permanent state of poverty? So these are the things we need to uh, pinpoint and get rid of. We need to reverse these habits. We need to get rid of these uh, food items that are making you sick. You need to change the financial habits that are keeping you poor. So once we realize that and we agree that this is not to be practiced anymore, and then we replace it with the healthier behavior so are you dealing it's with less like different types of clients then like the health client or the financially motivated client or are you building um an avatar of self-confidence using all of these aspects that you talked about all of these aspects that's the holistic self-confidence to me uh, because if you are only focusing on one aspect and neglecting the other four uh, your confidence is not holistic of course, we have the conversation beforehand. I will address the problem that seems the most pressing to them because that is the thing that needs to get out of the way in their mind. We will absolutely discuss this first, but then we talk about, okay, so let's look at everything else. What have you been doing while 
worrying about this particular thing and they're like uh yeah that's that can be improved too and this can be improved too okay okay so here's how you can do that it's your decision but don't you see that everything needs to be addressed and then things just go excellent in all of your five aspects of your life and they're like they really appreciate this it's Everybody a very interesting to. way to approach things. I, I find it very intriguing the way you are tackling this. It's 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 a great way to go about it. Um, we are going to actually take a quick break right here. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk with Alexandra. Furthermore, about building self-confidence. You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. 
To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back to the Health Hub. We are talking with Alexandra Docheva. Did I say that correctly? Docheva, almost. Docheva, close. Um, and it's a great conversation about building self-confidence in an holistic manner. And when we talk about holistic manner, Alexandra, what are the five areas that you focus on? I focus on health, career, finances, spiritual well-being, and relationships. One area more than another, or is, are these all boxes that you are with every person that walks through your front door, you're ticking off uh, you know, these areas with all of them? These are five elements of life that are completely interconnected and interacting with each other. Each of them influences the other four. Hmm. They're part of the holistic. So, you know, the holistic is the definition of the very definition of holistic is you uh, look at something by its parts, but it's completely unexplainable without its par- its parts working together. Interesting. Now, we didn't talk about, we've talked about finances. We've talked a little bit about nutrition. Uh, what is the relationship or health? Let's not say nutrition, health. The relationship component to self-confidence is an interesting one. Yes. Yeah, so because I work with so many sick people, uh, most of whom have conditions that are completely reversible because they're man-made. They like to use heredity as a reason for having the diseases. But then, of course, we discuss the lifestyle they inherited from their parents, grandparents. So with health, if you are chronically sick, you are an asset to somebody else. It's the healthcare system and the pharmaceutical industry. So a lot of money gets spent on your health needs until you reverse the condition with diet, exercise, and detox. Okay. Then... The Between the career and financial aspects, people confuse career with finances. It's not the same thing because your career is really the way of being useful to society and making yourself hard to replace by having excellent skills and being able to solve problems that most people don't want to resolve. That's what makes you hard to replace. Whether you're working for somebody or have your own business or both, which is my case, I have businesses and I work for somebody. The financial aspect of life is when you learn to invest your saved money into assets that make you more money without you working for that. So it's not job related. And as you build assets with cash flowing um, abilities, you then can choose to continue working or to stop working. So you have one more choice in your life, which most people don't have. This helps career and finance uh, conglomeration determines the choices of the relationships because you surround yourself with people who are goal-oriented like you are and you can who can relate to your health, financial, and career goals and not give you advice that you listen that is not competent advice, even if it's well-intentioned. So you gravitate towards um, people who are successful, where you want to be successful, learn from them. And you don't waste your time with people who complain all day long and think they have been handed bad cards in life and do nothing but complaining and blaming everything but take responsibility. So you don't surround yourself with such people because they're a waste of your time. And finally, as far as the spiritual well-being, 
if all the other aspects are great, spiritual-wise, you develop the confidence and the esteem, but you also learn to proceed through your day, which is full of challenges. If you're a really successful person, the really successful people, Kathy, are those that know how to solve lots of problems mm-hmm. with um, stamina and perseverance. And uh, really, they're not afraid of problems. They seek objections. They seek the problems to solve because that's how they enrich their own lives. But with the spirituality aspect, it can be tricky sometimes because you get, say, okay, you solve already problems, but how do you have to get tangled? Well, when you, for one thing, when you learn to meditate really well, in my experience at least, uh, then you bring that meditative state for the rest of your day. And when you are faced with a problem, you keep the awareness yet calm attitude, which really allows you to think through the problem very well, as opposed to when you get emotionally wound up into a problem that's directly related to your success or somebody else's well-being. Like as nurses, well, I'm a nurse and uh, very concerned when patients don't do well and there is some sudden bad event with their health. So you have to help that person go through that bad event and understand what's happening, or it's a, whether it's a poor diagnosis or some sudden unexpected thing. But you have to, if your spirituality is where you can function at all times in your day, Keep the calm uh, presence of meditation, yet awareness of what's going on. This is a very powerful way to go through the challenges of your day every day as you take it one day at a time while you have your plan for the week, month, year, five years, 10 years, always in perspective. Does that make sense? It does. Now, the question that pops into my mind is within these five concepts, is there a hierarchy? Mm-hmm. And that's a very also depends on the person. For one thing, nothing can replace your peace of mind and your health. Okay, so, uh, but in a country like this, when healthcare is the most expensive um, system in the world, uh, I mean, when, when you have a healthcare that is the most expensive in the whole world and the first cause of personal bankruptcy, I just can't help but think, Kathy, that everything is very important. You have to be on top of your health, but you also have on top, be on top of your financial planning and understanding how these two are so related because you can't work yourself to the bone 12 hours a day, five days a week. You will neglect your health and it will deteriorate. So you can't let your work ambition kill your health gradually or not so gradually, depends what happens and what type of a person you are. But also with your health, you cannot, um, how, how do I say it? It's just, it's very hard to, Sometimes there is no hierarchy. To me, they're all important. Mm-hmm. They're all important because if one is neglected, the other ones will suffer. It I see seems this all the like time a lot of pay. areas to... No, it's just have... five. It's not... I mean, some, some coaches have 25 areas. I think that's overcomplicating. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I had an interview once with um, another uh, doctor and she had 25 areas and she was a nurse practitioner. See, I'm a, I'm a registered nurse. She was a nurse practitioner. She had overcomplicated things, something, yeah, 25, nobody will pay attention to 25. I didn't say that, but I'm just thinking but five, I think it's at least the minimum you can keep track of and in control. <laughs> and which one do you think is the hardest for people to grab a hold of? Health, I think, like, you know, when you're talking nutrition, um, you know, it is a choice. You're either going to move in that path or not. Career and finances seem to be the two that are the most challenging in my mind. Is that 
correct or no? I have seen that uh, the financial health in relationships can be equally challenging to people because when they make poor choices in all three of them, all three of them suffer badly, badly. When I see, I go to lots of people's homes because I'm a home care nurse and the things I see with their relationships, their finances and their health are just a conglomeration of these three things. All of them are neglected in some way. And that's where they lack in all three areas. Are you asking people to make drastic changes? No, your relationships are a choice. Absolutely. Your financial habits are a choice and your nutrition, fitness, and detox are a choice. That's your health. Everything is a choice. So the steps to move to more self-confidence. If you saw a person, for instance, who is in a relationship that you find is undermining self-confidence, How do you approach that? And what steps are you asking people to take? So um, if they're a client, uh, I ask them about their relationship and uh, say, what do you think? How do you think this relationship is impacting you? I have to see if they're using it as an excuse Mm -hmm. or a real argument. So I have to dig a little deeper now with patients in their homes. Sometimes the patient will talk about a relationship. I can witness uh, behaviors from a loved one that are not helpful to the patient's health. I will address that very bluntly. In some cases, you can't do that because um, it really depends on the health condition of the patient, their level of understanding, and what really is prescient. Like I said, every situation is different. But if I see that the, um, I want to see how aware the patient is about the relationship direction. And most people are fairly aware, but what they're not aware of is they actually in many cases, they can make the choice to remove themselves from a detrimental relationship. They're just afraid of the void. And I tell them, look, I was once divorced. I experienced that void. It's okay. It's very refreshing after several months if you detach yourself. And depending how often you get to see the person, you can plant that seed in their brain that, you know what, I have the power to make that choice too. I made a mistake several years ago or the person next to me changed. Uh, I can change things for myself. So it's a very delicate situation with relationships. But if you really see that it's detrimental, there you got to find a way to tell the person, listen, pay attention to what's happening here because it's not in your best interest. What would you say? Like, you're, you're, you're working with somebody. They're coming in, obviously, because they want to improve their self-confidence. doesn't matter what area. Do they have to carve out time each and every day to work on this? Or is it more of a reactionary, oh, I shouldn't have thought that way, or next time I'll do it better? Or are we, is this a practice? Practice. It's a practice. It's a way of life. Yes. So it never ends. Building self-confidence is exactly. a continual and, and whatever life events are imposing uh, upon a person at a time you're trying to equip them with the right knowledge and questions to feed yes, it, a more it is a lifelong process. It, it is, is a lifelong process because if you stop, you become complacent and you become, again, indolent, lazy mind, lazy minded. You can't do that because it got you where you were in the first place. So you have to understand that each of the five areas of life is a constant work in progress. You always pay attention to all five of them and keep them at the absolute optimum level for your current ability. But you need to put the effort in that. You need to know where you are in all five and 
ask yourself the right questions, sit with yourself and be honest, answer your questions and start working on each. And it's the most beautiful process you can go through. I think you read my mind. I was going to ask you, is there one or two simple questions that you give people to constantly ask as they're going through this process for, you know, is this good for me? Are there, are there, are there basic questions that we should be asking ourselves each and every day as we're approaching things? Yes. You ask yourself, is this good for me? Um, How can I do this differently? Why am I not where I want to be? Is this something that is taking legitimate time for me to learn or am I being procrastinated? So um, there are basic questions, again, depending on the goal and the ambition. But yeah, these are the examples you gave are excellent starters. Hmm. It's, 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 you know, it's funny how these things unravel as you're talking about them and they make more and more sense. Is your clientele mainly male or female or is it a good mix of both? It's a mix of both. Of course, it started first with friends mm-hmm. uh, because they started asking these timid questions when they read the book. And uh, and before that, you know, I mean, like I said, the book came because there were more and more questions coming from patients and friends and um, acquaintances. So it's an almost equal mix of both. It's usually well, a slightly more females than males, but now the male clientele is also increasing, uh, which is nice because I know that there are men that are just as lacking in confidence as there are females. It's just uh, all across the board, Kathy. It's Mm -hmm. an epidemic. It's very unfortunate, very unfortunate. But the the good part is that people really have much more power than they realize. And once you set them on that path, it's just awesome to see the transformation. Do you ever talk about social media and the impact of social media on self-confidence? Yes, uh, social media is like everything else. It's a type of relationship that you choose who to follow, who not to follow. And again, you have to think for yourself, question what you learn, um, compare to your own reality and see what's happening. And then it's it's okay to be on social media so long as you don't use it to postpone the things that you really need to do in your day. So again, you have to be very objective and honest with yourself. And if you have set time to accomplish the things that you really don't want to do, but that are going to move you forward, you need to get away from social media and get to work. So yeah, we talk about that too. Okay. Now is self-confidence an alignment with personal values? Yes, that's 100%. You can't do something that is not in alignment with your ethical and moral principles, just because somebody else was successful doing it. Now you have to truly know your ethics, your morals and your values and go from there yeah you don't compromise your values i never want people to do that do you think that that's one of the key indicators of a lack of self-confidence or a a pathway to self-confidence is how you're adhering to your values uh both uh if you you first have to define your values though Mm -hmm. Uh, the values that you're sustaining are they really your values or somebody else's values that you've been following just because you're told to Mm. Good point. Okay, so that's a big part of self-examination and self-analysis that um, I, I know where you're getting this because you're probably thinking like I am that many people haven't really gone through that process and they haven't, but some experiences force them to, compel them to go through the process. And uh, in many cases, this is why they approached me in the first place because something happened that they finally said, okay, enough is enough. I need to get some different perspective. And then they 
email me and say, hey, can we have that first coaching session? I said, sure, let's let's go for it. And give them two to three hours as, as long as it's needed for that free first session to see if we're a good match for each other. But uh, that part and yeah, the values, the personal values, you have to examine yourself and it can be a builder to self-confidence or it can be the starter to lack of self-confidence if you're truly not exactly sure where you are with your values and a certain situation you can't make the right decision for yourself and ask somebody else's opinion for all the wrong reasons the book is entitled um it really is simple a holistic approach to self-confidence a practical guide who are you targeting this book toward is there a specific um niche that you're trying to hit that's a very interesting question because initially it was intended to people uh, like me with uh, early midlife, cri- any midlife crisis uh, between ages of, say, early 30s to mid 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then as the last two years happened with the COVID pandemic and lots of people lost so much in their lives, whether loved ones or jobs or businesses. And uh, I think it now will serve a much uh, broader age um, range like the younger people who younger generations, their teens, twenties also, who will have to go through changes significantly faster than my generation or the generation prior to mine. So um, lots of people can be helped with this book, as a matter of fact. Wonderful. As more and more big businesses become greedier and um, have less and less scrupuli when selling concepts and products to people without real consideration for well-being. I'm thinking that the more people read it, uh, the more people will benefit from it, the concepts in the book. Excellent. And where can people find um, find your book if they want to purchase it? So it's on Amazon Kindle for one thing, but uh, the hard the the paperback copy and the ebook also are available on my website, which is holisticselfconfidence.com. Currently, the paperback is available in the U.S. only because of the high shipping costs. And I could put a page on the website addressing this about buyers outside the U.S., but the ebook is downloadable anywhere in the world. Wonderful. Very I really want to um, thank you for joining us today. A really interesting topic, uh, self-confidence, so especially when we're talking over you know, that umbrella of health. Self-confidence is not something that would be the one thing that you'd pull out first when you're thinking about health, but I think it's a wonderful area to focus on. So thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. It was a pleasure, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.